Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of Dare to be Damien here on TalkShoe.com. It's just me this week. No Tree and D. No 3ND today. This is just my show. Uh, Trina is out of the country or has been out of the country. So it's just going to be yours truly. And I'm going to be talking about wrestling this episode. So I'm going to be continuing the theme of wrestling. Don't worry. I will get back to sports nuanced and being the sports show that forgets he's a sports show or tricks himself into thinking he's a sports show soon enough. But I wanted to get into to NXT, WrestleMania weekend, Raw after WrestleMania, everything that's been going on lately. So without further ado, let's just jump into NXT TakeOver back in Dallas uh, before WrestleMania. I'm going to do my little quick reviews of each match. I'm just getting it off the table now. The Shinsuke Nakamura match versus Sami Zayn is the match of the year so far in my opinion. I've watched it four times. I'll get into it later as to why I love it so much. But without me even trying to be engaging in hyperbole, <laughs> match of the year. So, okay, the first match of the, of the card, you had the American, I was going to call them the American males, American Alpha going up against what LLP used to call the mechanics, but it's the revival, but I kind of like them called the mechanics. Anyway, uh, kind of funny when the crowd was popping, you know, which one's Dash, which one's Wilder, which one's Dash. I mean, uh, which one's Dash, which one's Dawson. Uh, that was funny. But the pop that Jordan and Gable got when they won, when they did what Big Cass and Enzo and the Villains couldn't do, and that was Trump the Revival. You know, the, the, the loud pop that they received was genuine. It wasn't a forced pop. You could see the, the emotion elicit off the crowd. You can see the emotion elicit off of... Uh, Jordan and Gable, especially Jordan, especially being that he's been in NXT for a while now and he only found his stride after teaming with Chad Gable. I still see them, see them as the world's greatest tag team 2.0. That's how I view them as. I know there's a big tag team renaissance going on now in the WWE and that's great. But where they are right now, they're the most over team. I guess they're the new big, you know, big cast and Enzo of NXT. And it's nice to see pure, you know, wrestling. It's good to see wrestlers. Chad Gable reminds me of Owen Hart a lot of the way in the way Owen operated in the ring. And I'm old enough to remember Owen Hart. Uh, Not the Blue Blazer. I'm talking about when he was at his peak, you know, the King of Hearts, the Black Heart, whatever you wanted to call him. Gable gives me that vibe when I see him wrestle. Now, Jordan has, I would say, admittedly a higher upside because of his also athletic background, but he's also, I believe, is what six, 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 seven, or something like that, and these bursts of power that he displays when he comes and gets the hot tag, he's very reminiscent, and I don't want to paint him with this brush of Roman Reigns light, 
But he's Roman Reigns if Roman Reigns could actually wrestle. And what I mean by that is that whenever the Shield teamed up and Roman got the hot tag, he came in, showed great intensity, did about maybe five to six moves, his five moves of doom or whatever, um, his Superman punch, the spear. You know, Gable's got those shoulder blocks. You know, then the straps come down. Then he starts suplexing everybody out of the, you know, out of the building. So he's kind of like a cross between Brock Lesnar and 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 Roman Reigns. And I think eventually Jason Jordan could be a top guy in the WWE based on his look, based on his athleticism, based on the fact that he's been busting his ass in NXT. And I'm not saying any, no one else has, but he's been really doing it up in NXT for a while. And I'm very pleased to see. Uh, them reach that pinnacle. So I think they should hold on to the belts. I don't see any other tag teams really knocking them off anytime soon. Um, since Big Cass and Enzo got called up, the Vaude Villains got called up, there's a bit of a dearth in tag team talent uh, here in NXT. So I want to see where the tag team division goes from here in, the, in NXT. Moving on to Baron Corbin versus Austin Aries. Look, I'm not the biggest Baron Corbin fan. I think his last two events... His last two takeovers, first against Apollo Crews and then against Austin Aries, they didn't show me anything. They didn't show me anything different. He doesn't go for long. A lot of his matches go, what, 12 minutes at, at max. He's okay with his strikes. He's a little inconsistent as a talker. Again, he's another Roman Reigns, Reigns type that fits the build, even though he's got that small little paunch on his stomach, but he's got the rough biker look he's got the, the the look that would make women swoon and kids want to buy his merchandise i just didn't see it in the match i didn't see it in his match with apollo cruz and i didn't see it at all in his match with austin aries i felt the height and the weight discrepancy kind of took away from the match and i love a good small man versus big man match but that especially for austin aries' debut match on nxt it really didn't do anything for me whatsoever he reminded me a lot of Jamie Noble, and I don't know, maybe he just looks like Jamie Noble, but he just resembles Jamie Jamie Noble in the ring. And if you remember, you know, not the Nidia days of Jamie Noble, like when he first came in, that's pretty much Austin Aries. And if you want to really compare and contrast Jamie Noble to Austin Aries, I seen him in TNA, the whole greatest man that ever lived gimmick, you know. I think Austin Aries is going to be a good fit. For what NXT is trying to do, especially with this, what is this global cruiserweight championship tournament that's been going to be happening later this summer, I think he'd be a great fit there. I just wasn't impressed with Austin Aries. Maybe it's the fact that he's up there in age, but then again, so is um, <coughs> sorry, so is AJ Styles. So who who knows? But I just wasn't impressed by either one of those two. Um, I'm gonna skip over Zayn Nakamura. I'm gonna wait until the end for that one. Only because, again, match of the year candidate, I want to save the best, in my opinion, for last. So we're going to move on to Asuka versus Bailey. I got to admit, I kind of have a crush on Asuka. I don't know what it is. She's not drop-dead gorgeous or anything like that. But there's just something about a girl who could potentially kick my ass that I find intriguing. Uh, and I'm not the toughest dude in the world, but I do like tough women. Uh, I like women who, who can pretty much fight men, I guess, like Ronda Rousey types. Or, you know, uh, I did like Layla Ali for a while. So Asuka kind of fits that bill. 
But I don't know if the crowd was just drained from Nakamura Zane, but I didn't feel the electricity in the ring when I watched Bailey and Asuka tie up or lock up or you know or maybe I've just been spoiled by Sasha and and and, and Becky and Bailey and Charlotte, you know, the four horsewomen of NXT. Maybe I've just been spoiled by all the great work they've done on NXT and you're listening to Dare to be Damien on talkshoe.com. But man, it, it was just watching them go through it. It was a great women's match. It was better than the match he had with Nia Jax at the previous takeover that Bailey did. And I agree with the with the decision to put the belt on Asuka. Only because who else would have rightfully taken the belt off of Bailey? It's not Alexis, Alexa Bliss's time. or Alexa Bliss or whatever the heck they, the Sparkle Girl is. Sparkle Splash Girl. You know, it's not Eva Marie's time because the place would have rioted had Eva Marie won the title off of Bailey. We all would have rioted. Nia Jax, I can see her winning it off of maybe Asuka because of outside interference. But, no, I just think the only person that could have taken the belt off of Bailey was Asuka. So, that leads me to my next point, and I'll get back to it after this here on TalkShoot.com. Welcome back, Dare to be Damien here on TalkShoot.com. I was going over my thoughts about Asuka versus Bailey and how I feel like I've been spoiled by Sasha and Becky and Charlotte and all this other, all the other amazing women of NXT, the four horsewomen. So my next point is, what do you do with Bailey? Do you do you leave her there to season some more? Where would she fit in the main roster? Do you bring her up to to an immediate push? Personally, I and I'll talk about this in later episodes about how they build how the the E is they've been referred to is building up uh not page um emma how emma's been rebuilt from a comedy act to this new like bad girl terminator style uh, of diva i guess sort of like the way we thought page would turn out to if she wasn't on total divas maybe you bring her maybe you bring bailey up to go up against someone like emma after she's done with her program with Becky Lynch, which is pretty much going to be starting what well, started up already, and it's going to wind up going on at payback. Like, do you bring Bailey to help team up with, excuse me, with Becky Lynch to go up against Emma and whoever else is on Emma's side? I think that's a great idea. I think if you bring up Bailey, you're not going to inject her into the main event. Uh, because that's not her character. She wasn't that way when she first started with NXT. She built her way up. She went pretty much from the fangirl hugger to beating all the rest of the four horsewomen after they all had their, you know, their their day in the sun. So she's the steadily built character. So I can see them bringing up Bailey. I can see the WWE main roster bringing up Bailey. So she has that slow burn appeal. Plus, she's gonna move merchandise. She's gonna be a big hit with the kids. Uh, if you remember back in the 80s, you had the Bushwhackers who weren't the greatest workers of all. I mean, when they were the sheep herders, yeah, back in the old days, yes. But the Bushwhackers weren't the greatest workers, but they did sell merch. So if you really want to sell merch like you do, like they want to do back, you know, at the family-friendly WWE, I think Bailey's the way to go. So that being said, who takes the belt off Asuka? I think after Asuka's run with it for a while, I believe it's going to be Nia Jax. I don't want it to be Eva Marie. I'm praying to the wrestling gods. 
aka JBL, that that doesn't happen. But maybe they just shock the world and have an Ultimate Warrior finish where maybe Nia Jax holds down uh, Asuka's feet, you know, while she's hidden under, under the ring apron like Bobby Heenan did for Rick Root against the Ultimate Warrior, and that's how she gets the title. I don't know, but if it's if it's if it's going to Eva Marie to inevitably take the belt off Asuka, which again I'm praying I'm hoping doesn't happen, <sighs> help us all. Please help us all as wrestling fans. Which brings me to the pseudo main event. And again, it's a pseudo main event because I haven't even gotten to Zayn versus Nakamura yet. Is it weird that I didn't really care much for Joe versus Finn? I mean, it did nothing for me. Both of these two guys are finished products. There's nothing more that they could really accomplish on the NXT roster. So watching them go toe to toe the second time around, I didn't really like their first meeting for their first meeting, but man, the second one, it just, if it wasn't for the fact that Joe got busted open early in the match, I don't know if I would have cared at all for the rest of this match. I wouldn't, I don't know if I would have given it more than two seconds worth of, of my viewing prowess only because we saw the story before we know who Joe is. We know Samoa Joe is a submission Fighting machine, a la Taz, a la Kama back in the day. Joe's a wrestling machine. He's an animal. He's animalistic. The blood trickling down his face added to the character. We know what Finn is. Finn with his chainsaw, a la the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I can't believe a lot of people on Twitter didn't get that reference when he was waving a chainsaw around. When you realize they were in Texas. Anyway. Finn is what he is on NXT. He's their resident rock star. He's their resident go-to guy. He's their John Cena. So where's where does each one of these go from here? I mean, the surprising part, I guess, is when for me when when Finn hulked up late in the match and he showed a, a bit more fire, a bit more, I want to say, fierceness to him toward the end of the match, and then Joe out of nowhere put in the you know, put him in the clutch, and then they used like to credit uh, Greg, the Virgin Valentine of Cheap Heat, for mentioning this, credit him for mentioning the Bret Hart uh, finish where you use the turnbuckles to use your, your momentum going backwards and thusly score the pin that way. So, where do they go from here? You bring Joe up, you bring him to the main roster, listening to Dare to be Damien here on TalkShoe.com, you bring Samoa Joe up to the main roster, you have him be, whenever Kevin Owens is done with Sami Zayn, whenever that feud's over with or Chris Jericho whenever he's done with Dean Ambrose when those two are done you bring up Samoa Joe to go up against any of those guys you could bring Joe up as a heel you could bring Joe up as as a face doesn't matter I think he's more believable as a heel and I can see the the crowd just booing the crap out of him if he goes let's say he takes out Dean Ambrose you know and during Chris Jericho's match with Dean Ambrose maybe this is just a one-off uh, for the for one feud or, or a one-off feud, maybe all of a sudden like he comes up and just takes out Dolph Ziggler. Even though I know he's embroiled in a feud with Baron Corbin, but that's what I see Joe doing. I don't see Finn being brought up to NXT anytime soon, only because like I mentioned, he's the face of NXT. So now that there's been a bit of an upheaval of the roster with Cruz. With Baron Corbin, with the Vaude Villains, with Enzo and Cass being brought up to the main roster, there's a dearth of talent. 
So you're going to leave, you have to leave your number one gun down there a little bit longer. And I, and I don't foresee, um, I mean, the Bullet Club notwithstanding, you know, Anderson and Gallows notwithstanding, maybe that is what brings up Finn. Uh, maybe they form an alliance with AJ Styles. I don't know, but I digress. I'd leave Finn if I was at, if I was WWE. I'd leave him down there. I'd have I'd see who gets built up next to take the title. Maybe Joe takes the title at a random house show, and that leaves Finn to come up. Or maybe someone goes down and gets the NXT belt. Maybe just because, like for shock factor. But I bring up Joe before I bring up Finn Balor. That's just me. So without further ado, and I'm gonna do this one off the top of the dome. I didn't even write notes for this one. Okay. We saw it. I saw it. First time seeing Shinsuke Nakamura in the ring. I, uh, I, I was pretty much speechless the first five minutes when he came out. I saw him do the zombie thriller pose to his Titantron. And then when he did the bend back, I lost it. I just said this. Who, I, I immediately thought, wow, he looks like a, K, uh, a King of Fighters character. And if you play King of Fighters... You know they're known for being over the top and, and flashy, you know, and, and pretty much showing a lot of style over, let's say, Street Fighter, which is more about, you know, fighting, I guess, if you want to be technical. But I just, all, he screamed Japanese pop star to me. And the minute I saw him in the ring, I'm like, oh, this guy's got something. I never saw him in, I never saw him in New Japan. From what I read, from what I heard, he is the quintessential uh, intercontinental champion type of New Japan. And I know he did win. Um, their version of the heavyweight title also, but it was just nice to, it was just nice to see Sami Zayn get his, his goodbye, but the match itself, I mean, from the psychology, from, you know, the swagger of of Nakamura going up against the determination of Sami Zayn, which he's known for, that's his, that's his calling card, that's his hallmark, it was just nice to see, you know, these two styles, and they went for 20 minutes, man, and it was, and, and the result was never in doubt. We all knew since Sammy got brought up to the main roster, and I left him out of my recent call-ups, and I'm sorry I did that. When he was brought up to the main roster, you knew Sammy was going to do the lay-down job. He was going to do the job for Nakamura. He's the, he's the new free agent. He's the new toy. So, okay, fine. The result was never in doubt. But, man, the action they put on the ring. And I went back, and I watched after, after I saw it two or three times on the, on the network. I went back, and I saw a match between Carl Anderson and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura from New Japan. And about 15 minutes, Carl Anderson goes over, and I, I encourage everyone to look it up on YouTube. Um, I believe it's from 2012 or 2011, uh, where Anderson go, go, goes over uh, Nakamura. But a lot of the same mannerisms, you know, the missing of the kicks at the first, I guess, stanza of the match, you know, uh, to do the chain wrestling when he puts his head on the person's groin, you know, the whole come here, you know, come get some, uh, the knee strike, which I believe Daniel Bryan, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, took his running the, the knee plus as some people called it, the running knee from Shinsuke Nakamura. So I find it interesting that, um, both, uh, Kenta now known as, uh, Hideo Itami, you know, who'd had the GTS and then CM Punk was using it. And then, you know, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, took uh, the Bomaye from from uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and it was known as the the running knee as Michael Cole Polt put it or the knee, or the knee plus because it played off the B plus uh, character. 
So the match in and of itself, it was, you know, it was a back and forth affair with, again, Sami Zayn doing the normal Sami spots. But the crowd made this match better just by having them attached emotionally. I don't think they would have been as attached emotionally to this match had it been Nakamura versus Tyler Breeze. Because if you go back to NXT Brooklyn, Tyler Breeze versus, uh, albeit an older Yushin Thunder Liger, didn't have that kind of raucous connection that a Sami Zayn match when it comes to NXT could bring. And I think both of those both of those competitors, both Nakamura and Zayn, they were the perfect storm of opponents because I saw Nakamura on NXT uh, this past week. And I wasn't really all... He went up against, um, who was it? The Perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. It's about a five to six minute extended squash, but I really wasn't really impressed by that match as much. Maybe again, I've been spoiled <laughs> by um, by NXT's great matches and by Nakamura Zayn. I hope they meet up again. I hope we have a feud. I, I, I've heard that, you know, for the, the upcoming tour of Japan, WWE is bringing Nakamura up to the main roster. Uh, for that tour and of course because he's a rock star so you need to bring the rock star with you on the road what do i see from nakamura down the road in nxt i really don't know do i see him taking out finn balor yeah i, I see them going toe to toe especially if balor turns heel or if balor comes up if joe stays down and Fal- and balor comes up i can see nakamura beat joe for the belt i i wouldn't be surprised if they gave the belt outright to nakamura in the next like two months Sort of like a Kevin Owens thing, like in six months or three months. Six months, Asuka got her belt. So I can see Nakamura getting his belt in about four months. Does he need a title? No, I don't think he needs a title. But I think in order to solidify him to the rest of the non-wrestling audience, and by that I mean the people who only watch WWE religiously, uh, I think those are the only people that aren't familiar with Shinsuke Nakamura. And again, I've, I have been scouring YouTube looking for, um, looking for clips, looking for events, looking for, for, you know, just looking for stuff to just go off of. And hopefully this isn't a prototypical Nakamura formula where, you know, he'll do the, the head games and he'll be like this over the top Japanese character, a la King of fighters. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up King of fighters, SNK video game, and just look up the, look at the style uh, the character named K, I think that fits, or Akio Kusanagi, I think that fits also. Uh, so that pretty much sums up my experience with uh, NXT TakeOver Dallas. I do have WrestleMania uh, feelings, and I'm going to go over that in the next segment after this. Again, on Dare to be Damien here on TalkShoot.com. You could always find the show at Dare to be Damien, Damien G on Twitter, Damien.Gracia at gmail.com you can always give me your your thoughts and your processes and give me what where you think i should take the show next and what were your thoughts on nxt and again that's dare to be damien on twitter damien.gracia at gmail.com and when we come back i give my quick bullet points on wrestlemania dare to be damien talkshoot.com Welcome back, Dare to be Damien, TalkShoe.com. I was talking about NXT TakeOver, and, you know, it's been a few weeks since WrestleMania, so I'm not going to really go in-depth about it. I'm pretty much just going to reference a couple of things I, I, I saw during WrestleMania or just something I just wanted to talk about in terms of WrestleMania. So, for one thing, it felt too long, okay? 
I understand it's the Super Bowl of sports entertainment, but it just felt so long. Like just watching the pre-show and then watching the the main events and just by the time I turned around, I looked. I'm like, wow, it's almost midnight. I kind of got to go to work in the morning. You know, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel the need to have it that long. Helped the product. I know you want to get as many talents on the show as humanly possible to get that, you know, roster bonus or whatever check they get for for being part of WrestleMania, and the fact that it is WrestleMania. But it, I don't know, guys. I mean, next year maybe conduce it. Maybe instead of making it what what started at six. Almost ended at midnight. So, yeah, it was almost six hours of wrestling coverage. I, you know, five and a half hours. Like, nah, I'm good. I can go without five and a half hours. If we think three hours of Raw are too long, almost six hours of WrestleMania coverage, it's okay. This isn't ESPN. We don't need all that. I don't need to be, you know, I'm going to be honest. I slept through, I took a nap through the first two matches through the uh, Kalista Ryback and, and the team... I guess Total Divas versus Bad and Blonde. Uh, I, I pretty much caught, I forgot it started at six and I was like, I fell asleep and I woke up and the Usos were fighting the Dudleys and that was it. I was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, they went back and forth to the panel with Renee and Booker. Well, I, I like Booker, by the way, on, on the panel shows. Uh, I don't like Byron Saxton. I don't know. It's just, and I'm not trying to join the anti Saxton brigade, but I feel he has the charisma of like a spoon. Uh, he's not Graves, and I'm not a fan of Graves either, but it's not like a distasteful, or I don't have, I should say, I'm, I'm not disdainful towards Graves uh, as I am towards Byron Saxton. I just, I don't know. I don't see why he's there. I think there can be tons of better uh, commentators they can use, maybe just use him as a backstage interviewer. I don't know. I understand. I, I believe he was a wrestler at one point in NXT, yeah, I, I don't see it with him, but whatever. He's on the broadcast. I would have let Mauro Ronaldo. I know everyone loves Mauro Ronaldo and just let him run roughshod over, over WrestleMania. But alas, you know, he did his pre-show. He did the pre-show, so I was happy with that. So, yeah, Kalisto retained over Ryback. Big deal. No big, you know, it wasn't unexpected. Much like WrestleMania in and of itself wasn't. A lot of the results weren't unexpected. Uh, except the uh, the Ryder thing, winning the IC belt, and uh, Charlotte actually being crowned the first new women's champion. I would have thought they would have given the belt to Sasha, but apparently a plan is now for her to win it in Brooklyn uh, for SummerSlam. So I guess, and, and then now, you know, they've planted the seeds for Charlotte to leave Rick, and, and so that's okay. The, the, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, I mean, except with Shaq, showing up and, and Tatanka randomly being thrown in there. Once I saw Baron Corbin, I had a feeling it was going to come down to either Kane or Corbin. And then I was right. It came down to Kane or Corbin. And then Baron Corbin wound up winning, which I think, like I've said before, I think he'd do better on the main roster, uh, you know, look-wise, just attitude-wise. I think he'd look better on the main roster going up against uh, workers who make him look like a million bucks, a la what he's doing right now with Ziggler. So that was okay. Uh, I don't. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with uh, with Ryback now. After he's you know he's taking some time off. He wasn't on TV the last couple of weeks. I don't remember. I don't recall if he was. Uh, but I want to see what they do with his character. He's tried to freshen up his character a bit. You know, he's tried to use uh, you know aerial tactics, 
the the CM Punk running knee into the corner, you know, to try to freshen up the whole Ryback Goldbergian type comparisons. But I'm interested to see what they do with him. I, I think he'd be better suited at this juncture just to be a tag wrestler, especially now with this renaissance uh, of tag teams in NXT. Uh, again, in the pre-show, you had the Delis going up against the Usos. These two teams are beyond the belts at this point. So whatever you have them doing, it, it that is the storyline. They don't need to chase the titles. And as you know now, uh, Enzo and Cass are going, you know, are pretty much feuding with the Dudleys. And the Usos are feuding with the Bullet Club. So again, you don't need the belts to tell a storyline with these teams. So I'm okay with the new team kind of kind of coming up like the Void Villains, you know, or Enzo and Cass. Or maybe like Golden Truth like gets thrown in the mix. But I think if Ryback gets partnered with a good technical, uh, charismatic technical wrestler as a tag team, I think that can... Uh, I think that can do things for his career where when him being part of Rybaxel didn't do anything because as much as as Curtis Axel is great between the ropes, he just doesn't have that the personality, that, that the it factor, as they say, uh, to be the mouthpiece of the team. So I'm thinking give him someone who, I mean, you've tried with Paul Heyman with Ryback. You might as well just put him in a tag team with someone who's good in the stick and who's a good technical wizard. And just see what happens from there. I mean, Darren Young's not doing anything. Uh, Titus is still on the suspended list. So maybe maybe Darren Young, maybe you bring in Zeb Coulter again. I don't know. Something to freshen up right back some more. Uh, team Bad and Blonde versus Total Divas. No surprise there. We all knew Brie Bella was retiring after WrestleMania. So uh, I figured it was going to be her spotlight moment. Listening to Dare to be Damien on TalkShoe.com. Uh so there was no, I don't know, I guess there was no surprise. I mean, even right now, the main card, like I said, with the exception of Ryder winning the IC title, Charlotte being crowned women's champion, Tatanka being randomly like thrown into the, the battle royal. Uh, AJ losing to Jericho isn't that big of a deal considering now he's the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. So that's okay. So I don't really care that he lost his WrestleMania debut. It doesn't, for me, doesn't have the same gravitas as when Sting lost to Triple H. Uh, but again, Vince doesn't let people go over in WrestleMania that weren't his creations, apparently. So AJ Styles wasn't going to go over WrestleMania. But at the same token, he's already the number one contender, so it's kind of uh, forgotten at this point. When the League of Losers was going up against uh, the New Day, and it was announced that it was a, no a non-title match, I kind of figured uh, the lads were going to take that one. Uh, but Sweet Saiyan Armor uh, by the New Day... I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that Xavier Woods was the only one that had the, the Saiyan tail. So, you know, big homage to, to nerd culture. So, you know, the, the guys at the Spectacular Something or Other and myself, we really appreciate uh, a Dragon Ball reference, Dragon Ball Z reference. Good of the legends of HBK, uh, Mankind, Mick Foley, and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin to show up. That, that was nice. You know, yeah, it looks like Sean could still go one round, you know, one match or two. Uh, I kind of like just Austin just coming and stunning people and leaving. And, and Foley can't take bumps, so it's there's, it's just good to have them there to reminisce about the good old days of WrestleMania. Uh, again, Hell in a Cell really wasn't that great. It was kind of dull with the exception of that one spot, uh, which we knew Shane was going to miss. I mean, Undertaker wasn't going to be on the table that long. And they, they kind of led up to Shane doing a crazy bump. 
It just so happened the crazy bump had him going through a table. But look, in in the story context, he was he was running raw for two straight weeks after that. So what did the match really hold? Nothing. I mean, it was nice to see Shane take the bump and get back in the ring. But again, if Trina were here, we'd talk about the punches and the and the slippy slaps and and, and the 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 random you know dorky looking punches. But yeah, I mean, Dean against Brock. No one in their right mind should beat Brock Lesnar clean, even in a street fight. I think that still benefits Brock even more in a street fight. So I kind of knew Dean was going to you know, do the job there. He looked Deanish. He did Dean things. Brock was Brock. And the, the outcome was never in doubt. It was nice seeing uh, Rock and Cena kind of do their whole like once in a lifetime, twice this century, you know, shtick and seeing them both pose in the ring. But, you know, I could have done without The Rock coming out and announcing the attendance and just, I feel like he was just kind of just forgetting where he was in the script and literally just wasting time. Sort of like last year with the whole Ronda Rousey Rock thing with Triple H and Stephanie. I just felt like it was a a time waster. Uh, What else? Like I said, Cena was okay. Uh, The main event was just the main event. You know, there was no intrigue. There was no buildup. There was no irresistible force meets the immovable object. Though I did like the entrance of Triple H. And his entrances are actually every year they, they're really good. Uh, I, I liked it. But for me, WrestleMania as a whole was just... It was sort of like Dawn of Justice. Superman v. Batman. It wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be. But it was just, eh. Nothing, no big deal. It was just what it was. So that was my whole talk on WrestleMania. You know, you're... Everyone's probably caught up on what's been happening on Raw recently with Shane running it the last couple of weeks. Uh, like I said, AJ's the number one contender. There's some weird thing with Shane and and Kevin Owens. You know, I mean, he still has to wrap up with Sami Zayn. And Dean Ambrose now is, is dueling with uh, Chris Jericho. You know, we have the tag team tournament, which people are saying already it's probably going to come down to the Villains and uh, Enzo and Cass. I see the Vaude Villains actually winning the tournament because the I guess the WWE knows that Enzo and Cass versus the New Day and, and Trina and I talked about this. That's money on the mic. So I can see that being held off until SummerSlam. So we kind of have like a dead period now between, you know, WrestleMania and SummerSlam. You know, we have payback, then we have Extreme Rules, you know, to, until we get to SummerSlam. And I think, what, Battleground or whatever B-rated pay-per-view. So I can honestly see the Vaudevillains going over Enzo and Cass with some distractions by the Dudleys. Uh, Again, you've seen the Bullet Club going up against the Usos. So they're planting seeds for for payback. You got Becky Lynch, you know, doing a side thing with Emma, Charlotte, and Natalia. I don't know where Sasha fits in anything. I, I, I heard she was injured. Uh, shortly after WrestleMania, that's why they've kept her off uh, TV and, you know, being an active presence in the ring, which is good. I mean, they're going to, you know, everyone wants Sasha. Yes, we want Sasha. I love Sasha. It's I make no bones about loving the worker that is Sasha Banks. If you watched her in the indies as Mercedes, uh, Mercedes uh, KV, great worker even then, came to NXT and now she's legitimately, in my opinion, the best women's wrestler on the planet. So, building up that slow burn for the WrestleMania, uh, not WrestleMania, sorry, for the SummerSlam win, will be interesting. 
So we're all caught up on wrestling. So when we come back from break, I want to switch gears really quick. And as you know, Dare to be Demon sometimes forgets he's a talk show. And he forgets he's a sports talk show. But where I started this, this show in the first place, it was about the human condition of sports, the human side. If you've heard my show before, you've heard me talk about concussions and you've heard me talk about the safety of NFL and the people aspect of sports, Greg Hardy's situations, the DV policies and all of professional sports. So I'm going to leave you in the next segment talking about someone who has been in the news a lot for someone who's done pretty much nothing up to this point in their pro career. But I'm going to get a little uh, humanistic on you in the next segment. So again, find out who I'm talking about next. Dare to be Damien Talkshoe.com. Welcome back to Dare to be Damon here on TalkShoe.com. I wanted to leave you here with a message with, a I don't know, ESPN calls them parting shots. I like to call them just random thoughts of a guy who cares too much. But I wanted to talk about a person who was self-destructing right before our eyes. A, a person who, if it's because we live in the TMZ Gawker era, we have a front row seat to the the maelstrom of the life that is Johnny Manziel. Now, I just want to go on record and say, my heart actually is starting to ache for the guy. Now, if you know my background, you know I have a master's in psychology, and I've worked in that field for about 12, 13 years. So I'm always trying to figure out, you know, how I'm trying to figure out the why on one hand, which I'm trying to stop doing as much, And I'm trying to focus on the what. Like, what's going on? So, again, my heart aches for the guy. I know I shouldn't feel sorry for him. And that this is supposedly all his choosing. Supposedly all his choosing. You know, he's making these decisions. But if the reports are true, and of course you take these things with a grain of salt, him trashing that mansion out in Hollywood and having left out copious amounts of of shrooms and coke out on the table... Uh, that's not the story here. I wasn't, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. The story here is going to be, if help comes too late for him and something really bad happens to the point where he loses his life, will we as people feel anything toward that situation? And I'm saying that, will we care? Not, not, not for the fact that you know, he had all the athletic talents in the world. Like, I I feel pain. I feel other people's, I guess you can call it empathy. I, you can feel that. You can put yourself in another person's shoes. I know 90% of the people out there can't put themselves in Johnny Manziel's shoes and saying, well, he's a spoiled little rich kid blowing his money and blowing his parents' money on drugs and gambling and whatever the case may be. That's... Again, that's not for me to, to judge. I'm no one's judge, jury, or executioner. What I'm really wondering about is, again, we're on this, we're in this world of TMZ and Gawker and having the peek behind the curtain and seeing firsthand the things that our supposed sports heroes do 
outside of their their league of operation, you know, off the hardwood, off the gridiron, off the diamonds, off the ice, whatever way you off the pitch, whatever way you want to put it, you know, in their personal lives. I'm not here to defend him. Again, I'm not here to defend Johnny Manziel here on Dare to Be Damon on TalkShoe.com, but it worked. If if he thinks nothing's wrong, and that you know, with his life, with what he's doing, that's something that has to be worked out within himself and his support systems. I've, I've worked with addicts before. You know, they're only as strong as their support systems and the people they keep around them. And yes, drugs and alcohol and, and women and gambling, those are all addiction and vices and and maybe just he hasn't bottomed out. But again, we're witnessing the downfall of a human life. You know, if you're old enough like I am to remember um, a Chris Washburn, Boston Celtics fans would know who I'm talking about. If we had that kind of TMZ type attention back then, I mean, not oh, sorry, it escapes me. Not Chris Washburn. I actually met Len Bias. If we had that kind of connectivity to Len Bias with his drug habits and him dying, and, and would our memories of Len Bias be different now as opposed to then? So I want I want to take it from we're watching the self destruction of a human being. I don't know how I feel about this. Now, you're going to call me again, as always, a bleeding heart. And I hear that a lot. And again, that's just me being empathetic. Again, I'm not defending him. But us as a people, we've gotten to a point where the things that Johnny does isn't even funny anymore. It's sad. It's depressing. It's, it's, it's okay to quote Ron Simmons, the WWE Hall of Famer. It's just, Damn. Just damn, you know, shaking my head, SMH, just wow. We are watching the self-destruction of more than just a professional athlete, thanks to the media and thanks to the social construct in which we live and which we currently have access to everything because of the internet. He's the headline, don't get me wrong. Yeah, Johnny Manziel is always going to sell the story because of his name. You know, Greg Hardy, because of everything that he does or he's been accused of, is going to sell the story because of his name. But if, just just put yourself here for a second. If Johnny Manziel dies from this sort of behavior, from this sort of just fall from grace, bottoming out, rock bottom, just this, if he just dies... What are we going to feel? Are we going to feel bad? Are we going to say, told you so? You know, I'm more interested in in our reaction to what is going to happen and what happens in the life of Johnny Manziel. And again, let me again clarify, I'm not here to defend him. I'm here to say I'm I'm aching for him. And and you can hear it in my voice, like my my heart aches for people who, who... are screaming for help on what seems on the outside, but nothing's happening. No change is happening. I know change has to happen if you want it to happen, but, you know, he's going to die if he keeps this up, if all this rumored behavior keeps up. Is it because he's living up to the Johnny, the Johnny football, the moneymaker, 
moniker that he has or is this just him just committing long-term suicide you know it's like watching a car wreck on the road we just can't help but rubberneck and watch it happen it's almost like our own version of the hunger games you know where we just watch it from the comfort of our own homes and you know we learn we'd learn i'd learn if I had a child who, or if I had a teenager who was talk, telling me about Johnny Manziel, I'd have an open discussion with them. And again, I'm not going to forget I'm a sports show, but again, you know, I'm a, I'm a people person at heart and it just, it, it, it sucks, man. It just sucks to see that, that a human life like this can just disintegrate over the course of not even two years in the NFL. And, and, and that's something we should all think about. Like, why are we watching the, Why, why does the story interest us? Is it because we want him to inevitably die? Or is it just because it's fun? Because that's the that's the nature of the world we live in. Again, you can always send me your thoughts, your tweets, at dare to be Damien on Twitter, Damien.Gracia uh, at gmail.com. You know, I want to give a special shout out to everyone who's encouraged me to, to get back on the air and back to recording. Uh, a lot of personal things have come up for me. I've had to take about two or three steps back away from podcasting and recording. But again, I want to reiterate to the, to the folks out there. Coming in May, I'm going to be producing a lot more content. I'm going to be recording a lot more. I'm going to be collaborating a lot more. Sorry, collaborating a lot more with other artistic-minded people. I'm more than likely moving the show from talk show. I know I've, I've teased about this for a while. Um, but I think it's time to move off of talk show and I have some deals in the works and some sponsorships in the works that are going to allow me to go to a, a more, I don't know, a, a, I guess bigger and better to expand the Dare to be Damien outreach. Uh, again, this is all sponsored by the Spectacular something or other. You can find them on Twitter, HMS Spectacular. Uh, my podcasting training is all thanks to the Broadcasters Mentoring Group and the people I've, I've learned from there over at the CBS Studios in Midtown Manhattan, so I want to say thank you to them, uh, I just finished my, my school journey, so now the real fun begins in, in trying to make a mark in this industry, uh, aside from being a podcaster, I am a professionally trained broadcaster, and I don't know if you could tell that in a lot of my, my, my podcasts, I try to be a little bit more professional, rather than, rather than just cutting loose, and I do do that sometimes, so I like to blend the two, and again, my moniker is, I'm a sports show that kind of forgets he's a sports show. And I kind of go off the rails talking about the human element. But I like it. I like that's what suits me. So again, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Dare to be Damien, TalkShoe.com, uh, on Twitter, at Damien G. Uh, we're going to make changes. Changes are coming. They're exciting. They're stuff you should 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 definitely be. Even now, I'm thinking about it and I'm getting excited. I have a new show logo coming soon. I'm, I'm having someone make my new show logo. Uh, I want to thank everyone I've ever worked with up to this point, everyone at uh, Spectacular Something or Other, why I'm known as Clark Parker. Uh, I want to thank my mentors. I want to thank everyone else. Uh, again, May, big things are happening for me. Things are changing for me in May. Uh, the show's changing in and of itself. So I'm looking forward to all the good things that are going to happen. So again, thank you all. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Dare to be Daily. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.